Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode one of For Your Run. I'm Sean. And I'm Blair. And today we are going to talk to our super best friend, Kaylee. She is an amazing, active, half marathon loving Oreo connoisseur of <laughs> everything. All the and flavors. That's right. That's right. And uh, I'm sure we're going to get into that. We're going to get into running through COVID and all that jazz. Blair, how are you today? This fine, whatever day it is in COVID, day 1 million. <laughs> 742. Yeah. I'm doing great. It's sunny in Florida today. It's it's warm. I know that's like a new new news flash for people living in Florida. <laughs> but it's great. I'm looking forward to squeezing in some miles later. How about you? What do you have planned? I am not a morning person. No. We we will all get to know the lack of morning person that is Sean through this podcast. <laughs> I'm positive. Uh I got up. And I said, I'm gonna jump on the, uh, the tread and get some miles done. Uh, I've, got, <laughs> I've got a half marathon virtual coming up that I have effectively done nothing to get ready for. So I'm feeling, <laughs> feeling really confident Today about counts. that. Day one of half marathon training. Day one of my 12 days of getting ready to <laughs> run 13 right. miles. That's right, it could be a new program. 12 days. Couch to half marathon. 12 days to run 13 <laughs> miles. The Shauna log. It's fine. I can't wait oh. for day seven. Let me know. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be super great. Um, the weather, the sun is starting to make its presence known in the Northeast. Yay, the, sun. The warmth isn't here yet, no. but, um, you know. We stole it all. <laughs> you and Kaylee are my uh, unofficial ambassadors of death by summer running. We love it so living. much. I I hope we talk about that too. Oh, <laughs> uh, you guys, I I uh I'm going to I'm going to make a pact. I'm going to try and summon my inner Kaylee and Blair this summer and try to be a more accepting humid runner. Mhm. Mm We're going to um, give you all the hot humid mantras that you can repeat to yourself. <laughs> You're going to love it. I love, and then we'll fill in the blanks. <laughs> I'm very excited about the notion of hot, humid mantras. Mm-hmm. Yep. You're welcome. <laughs> Run with that. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> I'm going to, I already know there's going to be a day in July that mm -hmm. it's going to be incredibly hot and mm -hmm. somehow, some way my brain will just hit me with hot, humid mantras. And it'll be great. You'll be ready. It's either going to be the bane of that run or the thing that gets me through. <laughs> the You'll hear from you me. Through it. That's I right. hope so. Yeah, we'll find. We're supposed to be positive here, and I'm really just under. No, no, that. you're finding the silver lining. You're going to see, you're finding that it, when it's hot and humid, there's a mantra, and you're going to get to the end of that run. It's, it's all there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm here for it. And just vice versa, Blair, as you get through this marathon cycle that you are going to totally smash this summer i yes. will think of mantras for you that you i hope can... so yeah when everything hurts and i'm dying <laughs> <laughs> oh all right well everybody we're really excited for you to listen to us talk to our incredibly talented hilarious thoughtful Smart, friend oh, funny yeah let's just great can can we just go through six or seven minutes of really just glistening reviews of kaylee i i can yes i believe five it. star reviews yeah <laughs> all right everyone so sit back put your shoes on get out 
log some miles, whatever you've got going on today. Enjoy some time with me, Blair, and Kaylee. All right, we've got Kaylee on the podcast today. She is a runner. She is totally awesome. She is one of my favorite people with Blair. And I am so <laughs> excited that I get both of these people at one time to talk to. So Kaylee, how's it going? Hey, thanks for having me. It's going well, going really well. I'm just wrapping up my spring break week. We did a little staycation, didn't go anywhere, but it's been a relaxing week. That's nice. You need one of yeah. those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Staycations are always welcome. So did you get some, uh, I saw that you got some good quality runs in this week. How's everything going in terms of running for you? Running is going really well. This week, the weather was so good and I wasn't expecting it to be so good, but it was nice to have like spring break line up with like 70 degrees and sunshine all week. It was amazing. And I don't know, the winter just sucks the life out of me. So the <laughs> fact that we have finally some warmer weather and some sunshine, we're not quite with Blair in Florida yet, but right. um, yeah, running's been great. I was injured earlier this year, um, right. December into January-ish spent February rebuilding. Um, and then I'm in week five of training for a half marathon. Awesome. So, um, things are going really well. Every week gets better and better and it's such a relief and so exciting. Um, I feel like week before last, I kind of turned a corner yeah. and just started feeling really strong again. So that's just been so exciting. So it's been great. Yeah. Which half I marathon are you training for? I am training for the Mountains to Main Street Half Marathon in Greenville, South Carolina. Oh, that's fun. And that's going to be May 15th. Awesome. You'll be, yeah. you'll be in perfect, nearly perfect Kaylee weather form by that point. <laughs> <laughs> I will. And that's the thing. Like, Greenville is not too far for me. It's like 45, 50 minutes, but it's out of the mountains. So it has the potential to be drastically different in terms of climate. Like, sure. it, could yeah. be, it could be really hot. But it'll be in the morning. I think regardless, it'll be beautiful. Yeah, I I feel like I am in the minority today because Blair lives basically in a sauna when it comes to running. I do, and, I do. <laughs> I know that you also drive, so. Yes, heat is our love language, Sean. <laughs> yes. I, I mean, this is, this is Kaylee's episode, but it's a question for both of you. What, what about... What about warm weather? What about what about raw humidity? What, what is it? So I I feel like I can be sweating in humidity in under 30 seconds without running. I don't mind it, but it's definitely not my cup of tea as much as it's either of yours. So if you can walk me through this, Kaylee, what what is it that makes you ready to attack that kind of running? Well, I think first and foremost, it's the, the heat and the humidity over the summer feels nostalgic to me. Like to me, that okay. feels like childhood. That feels like summer's off from school, running around the neighborhood, riding bikes with the kids, like doing all these fun things. 
that just, I have a lot of fond memories, I guess, associated with just being hot and running around all summer. So I think that's the first thing. I think for me, I was actually just talking to Anthony about this the other day. I feel like when I'm cold and I'm shivering and I'm outside and I'm trying to warm up before a run, that is expending so much of my energy. Like my energy of just keeping warm is exhausting to me. (laughs) And, and I think that in combination with my muscles just don't feel like they ever get warmed up. Maybe, I don't know. I heard recently that your shoes, like the foam in your shoes and the sole unit can get like frozen and hard and you don't feel as cushiony or as springy. I think that matters too, I guess (laughs) I'm assuming. Um, so there's that I just it's uncomfortable it's not fun and I think the last thing for me is like the satisfaction of finishing a run and just being like dripping sweat and just steaming it's just satisfying it feels so good you feel like you've done work you feel like a badass it's just fun (laughs) to me that it just feels good I mean I certainly can understand the frustration. Maybe your paces slow down a little bit over the summer and you are also using energy to keep your body cool. I get that, but it just feels so much better to me. Is this your language, Blair? Is she, is she speaking warm weather language? <laughs> well, so I am a Floridian. I only know Florida. <laughs> and so as such, I am freezing at all times. There are at least three jackets in my car because when you live in Florida, it's 112 outside, but 64 inside. And that doesn't feel good to me. <laughs> right, right. So um, it just takes me a really long time to warm up. And so if I'm already warm when I'm outside, I just, it's like a hug. The sunshine is like a hug yes. and the heat is like a hug. And I don't know. I just do much better in it. I, if I get anywhere chilly, I feel numb right. and sad. Right. <laughs> For I those mean, of you who don't know, Blair recently <laughs> traveled to somewhere. It was 50. I think it was yes. about 50 degrees. And yes, Blair was <laughs> I couldn't not function. Good. Not good. <laughs> One, I don't own enough clothes. Okay. It didn't matter how many layers I packed. I didn't have enough clothes. <laughs> sure. I, and I just was not happy. <laughs> Blair, you know that feeling, and I agree with you about it drives me crazy when air conditioning is just oh, out of control and you're freezing indoors over so the summer. Bad. We're not meant to be freezing indoors no, over the no, summer. No. But you know that feeling when you're inside shivering all day and then you yes. walk outside and you're yes. just like enveloped oh. by this wave of heat. There is nothing yes. that feels better to That's me. Right. Than that. I, it's great. I can I, feel my fingertips again. I will <laughs> subscribe. That that so one thing you said, Kaylee. I think the nostalgia part, that that's, that's actually true. something yeah. that I think mm-hmm. I'm probably going to put in my mental inventory because summer definitely was, right? Like you get that three months to like as a kid to be like free and it's warm and it's amazing. And every day is not like, I mean, growing up in Pennsylvania through from basically October until April, you're looking, <laughs> I know Blair, I see it. too long. <laughs> It's so looking I'm like at the doing weather. math in my head. That's it's a lot. Months. It's a lot. <laughs> well, and it can, it doesn't get terribly cold in October, but you can get snow in October. You can get snow in April. It snowed on my birthday before in May. That's awful. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's all bad. But like that whole period of time is checking the weather every day for 
how bullshit will it be tomorrow, basically through winter. <laughs> and so it's actually really funny, Kaylee, that you were talking about owning warmth kind of as like badass, I'm going to get through this. I think everyone, um, I often hear some comedians talk about like old Irish people who are just like, I'm going to hold everything in until I die. <laughs> I think it's just cold and brutal through those months. And that was the thing here that people would be like, you know, how are you? Okay. Full disclosure. When I was in high school, I would be the goofball that was in flip flops and shorts in <laughs> January to be like, yeah, I yeah. can, I can do this. And so that was different for me, but the, the nostalgia part, that's a very interesting take that I think I can try to apply. But what you both said about when you walk out of air conditioning into summer, yeah, that, that is, if you could bottle that mm -hmm. and sell that, mm -hmm. I think we're, we got a real business model. <laughs> you can have a can of hot air. <laughs> yeah. So I am curious too. So I know that I, I actually was just telling Blair, I did a 12 month deep dive, Kaylee, before <laughs> we talked. Because I was curious, what was Kaylee up to April 10th last year? Do you, do you have any, do you have any knowledge? You were, you were getting into speed work on the track for like the first time. Yeah. And last April 10th, you did a 10K, 5K PR on a track and you were, you were super pumped. That was April 10th? That was April 10th. Was Okay, was that the two mile repeats? Do you know? Yes, yes. Okay. You felt like the world was on fire. You were like, you were in. That still to this day is one of the best workouts I've ever had. So last year I did the Houston Marathon in January and that went really, really well. Um, but I kind of was starting to feel like I was plateauing a little bit just with my own running in terms of knowing what to do next. I didn't have a coach. I'd just been following training plans for a specific race I was working toward for years. Right. Um, so once I kind of recovered from that marathon, I started working with a coach at that time. And really for the first time ever, ever started doing more besides just running. Um, you know, I would like run easy sometimes and then run harder other times with right. no real rhyme or reason to it. And I did that for like 10 years and loved it and had a great time, but I wanted to see if I could do more, see if I could get better. Um, so I started being coached for the first time and yeah, I ran on a track for the first time ever last yeah. February. Yeah. Um, and then doing a workout like that, I mean, that was two mile repeats, which sounds scary right. when you when you're not used to oh, running no. fast or not used to <laughs> yeah the first time I did two mile repeats pure fear right yeah it was scary it so I... long two miles it does. really long then <laughs> yeah well especially if you're doing it on a track where you know you're just in circles and you're just grinding I mean that's the point of it like you just head down grind and right. um that workout in particular could not have gone any better I mean I hit a mile pace that I had never really ever hit before, like been able to sustain for that long. That's so yeah. funny. That was a year ago Yeah. today. That was great. Well, and so I'm curious too, 
do you when did you when did you decide to start like using a coach when did that happen last year was it, it was COVID? it was before covid so it was like got like leading into the houston marathon which was uh the end of january january 19th or 20th yeah, yeah. or something it was just before houston that i kind of started toying with the idea of getting a coach right. you know i think for a long time i thought that like coaches were only for people who were like going to go to races and win them, you know, like for sure. real runners, I'm using air quotes that. around yeah. real runners. Yeah. Like, what do I need a coach for? I'm just right. like running races. Right. I'm not winning anything. This isn't my job, you know? Yeah. Um, but heading into Houston, the, my training block for Houston went so well and I was feeling so good and so strong, but I started to really think like, I didn't know how to do speed work. I didn't know right. how to do mile repeats like what does that even mean I didn't know what 400 400s were I just I didn't know anything and I was just wondering you know I think I did really really well in Houston I was so proud and so excited about how I did but I was just wondering if I could do more with somebody telling me what to do somebody with expertise and just kind of like leading the way so it was before Houston that I kind of was toying with the idea of it um, in Houston, I met Tasha and, um, Tasha's so awesome. Roadrunner chick one on Instagram. Yeah. I met and, her in Austin shortly. After. Yeah. 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 And she's a coach. Um, she was coaching at that time. And so we talked and then, like I said, as I recovered from Houston, um, you wanted to just take a little bit of time off and just let my body, you know, get yeah. back on track. And then um, signed on with her and, and she really, really paved the way for me to have such a successful spring last year with COVID shut down, but really the best running right. I had ever been doing. Well, and that's, that's kind of what I was thinking was it, it, I have a couple of things that I started doing right at the end of February, the beginning of March last year before. I mean, I think everyone was kind of doing that like blind true thing of like, COVID's going to come eh, like, it'll. Be, eh. <laughs> but like, it's, it's really interesting that some foundations, I think for you, do you think that having a coach and kind of having someone to help the accountability through what has been a very unexpected year of running has been super helpful for you? Like, how do you, have you reflected on that at all through all of this? Yeah, definitely. Because I think my running life up to that point really was just training for races. You know, I'd have a half marathon and I'd sign up for that. And then 12 weeks out, I'd start a training plan, run that half marathon. Then I'd kind of chill for a couple months, then maybe sign up for another one. You know, I pretty much always had a race in the future that I was working toward. Right. Um, not with any bigger goals aside from just run the races. And that was just fun for me, but then facing not having any races and knowing that in that in-between race time, I never really knew what to do with myself. Like if I wasn't following a training plan that said, run this, this mileage on this day, I wouldn't really know what to do. So I think having a coach and just having that structure in kind of that off time was really helpful for me just for some direction, just to wake up every day and be like, okay, this is what I have to do today. This is what I'm working toward. Um, so that was very helpful for me. 
Yeah. And I'm really like having been, you know, you're one of the first, you know, people that I think I stumbled across on, on IG whenever I got started on my whole running adventure too. And, um, a thing that I've always been really curious about both in, so your training and, and then getting a coach, but, um, uh, the mental breakdown of <clears throat> being able, so this is like full disclosure, this is a weakness for me that I want to get better at. And it's that thing of, um, as you and I have joked so often and to anyone listening, full, uh, Kaylee has the awesome structure of the Kaylee butt stuff, glute activation <laughs> workouts and your dedication I know through some of the stuff you've dealt with injury wise in the past year. And before that, um, I can, I can get motivated from an injury initially, but once you start feeling like you're cresting, like you're coming over the injury and you're starting to get back into running, I always like have that initial internal fire to be like, keep doing the things you keep doing. Um, but it starts to diminish and maybe this is an outside inside perspective thing, but I think you seem to do a really good job of remaining accountable for, you know, upper body strength, glute strength, all of those things. So how, what I, I know that you've talked a little bit recently too, like sometimes you feel like you're dragging to, to, to get up to do those things still, but what is your mental, like, what's your mental muscle that you have to work sometimes and, and how do you get through that stuff? That's a really good question. I, I wish I was one of those people that wasn't so high maintenance in terms of my body and having to do certain things to be able to run. I think there are some unicorns out there who don't really have to do that much strength training or cross training and run a bunch of miles and are super strong and amazing and do great. I am not one of those people. I, there is a lot that I have to do to be able to run. And I think for me, the, the yoga, the strength training, the cross training, the PT, the glute stuff, the butt stuff. Yeah. Those are things that I really have to stay on top of. Otherwise I'm not running. So, you know, I do a lot of different things, but all of those things are so that I can continue to run. And I think mentally that's just the way it works in my brain. I have to get up and do these things if I want to get up to run. Right. Um, so yeah, it just, it is what it is. It would be so nice if I could skip warm ups and not have to do strength training and wake up early and get that stuff done. But running is so important to me and I love it so much. And I, I'm in it for the long run. Like I want to do this Agreed. for the rest of my life. And so I have to do all these other maintenance things to be able yeah. to do that. I feel we like- We all need to be better about it though. I, like I, yeah. We I was going to say- be Yes. So, if we want to do it, like you said, for the long run, we yeah. have to do all this extra- warm up, cool down, stretching. Like it's, it's important. You can't yeah. be tight from running and then not take the time to loosen those muscles. Like it's all very important. Well, well that's say. exactly the thing. Go, go ahead. ahead. Yeah. No, go ahead. I, well, I was going to say, you know, I joke, I say all the time to Anthony, like if I do one thing different, I fall apart. And it is one of those <laughs> things. Like I have to be so structured because we, we do, we push our bodies and sometimes our bodies can handle it. And sometimes they don't, it comes with the territory. I think of, of being an athlete, 
Um, but if our base is strong, if our muscles are strong, if we're doing all the right things, then we can handle a little bit more of a push each yeah. time. That's the way I look at it. Yeah. I was just going to say like, so Blair, I was thinking about this this morning because I feel like Kaylee and I are kind of like symbiotic in the sense that it seems like Kaylee and I are always kind of both like chasing injuries. Uh-huh. Yeah. I don't, I, I, it doesn't seem like you're chasing injuries quite as often. Okay, you're going to you make are. me talk about injuries? Like, where's the wood? I need to knock on something. <laughs> um, right behind everyone could yeah. like, you know, cross everything in your body right now. Um, yeah. So I am not chasing a ton of injuries, but it's also because, um, I cross train like, so I, you, I mean, it's not a secret. I love my Peloton bike. (laughs) So I find that on the days where I wake up like more sore and achy and uncomfortable, like if I can just do a class that way, it's still putting effort in and I'm keeping my endurance up. And it's not the pounding on my feet or my ankles or my knees or whatnot. Right. Um, I'm not as good about strength training. So that's my current like try and focus goal, <laughs> even if it's just 10 minutes a day. <laughs> um, yeah. But I, my mom was a PE teacher and I tore my ACL in my knee in high school. So I've been through like all right. the PT things. <laughs> and so I just know really, I have to listen to my body and I can't push. <laughs> at all. (laughs) You know, I, there is something to be said for cross training because I, in this most recent injury really kind of backed off on almost everything just so I could focus on PT. And that's what I needed to do at that time. But as I've been getting more comfortable with my running, I've put um, cycling back in one day a week. And I'm telling you, Blair, you're going to love this, but (laughs) the days, the days where I do a couple Peloton classes, my runs in the next couple of days feel the best, yes. like so yes. comfortable, yes. so just freeing. And I really think I have to hand that to the cross training. Just as you said, using your muscles and getting your endurance up, getting that heart rate up without pounding on pavement. Yes. It makes such a difference. Well, there's some days I like would love to run for like an hour, but like time wise or childcare wise, it doesn't work out. So I'll do like a 30 minute Peloton class and then three miles on the treadmill. And like you said, those miles just, I feel like my body is loosened up and it's warm and it's like, everything finally is clicking. And I enjoy those miles so much more because my body had time to use muscles in other ways and different planes of movement. And yeah, so I I do love cross training. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I, I will say too, like, um, you, I think both of you in some ways have uh, helped educate me, not phys- like you haven't actually been like, educate, like <laughs> we made you take a class. <laughs> through, yeah, through um, all the things you do. I mean, one thing that, you know, for me, when I started running the, the entire purpose of it was establishing time for yourself in the day to give yourself time. Right. And I I feel like, (laughs) right. Um, And I feel so often, like, even though I know I'm still giving myself time every day, there's those days sometimes, and then those days stack and you can probably both, you know, relate to this, that 
it's really easy to go like three days stack where you really should work harder to give yourself 30 or 40 minutes to do some core work or some, right. some strength work ahead of runs or after runs or uh, in the morning and you're going to run later in the evening. But, um, you know, and, and that's kind of how then you kind of fall off the wagon when it comes to, to core and strength training and stuff like that. Um, but I, I want to circle back to, cause I think there's one thing that you, you said through the past year, Kaylee, that like, I was sitting on my couch in my house when Autumn and I both read it and we were like, damn it. Yes. And <laughs> it's the whole thing of you had written something about runners are athletes. You don't have to be, you don't have to be winning half marathons. You don't have to be, you know, crushing it and the, the, the you know, I think that for me, at least there's people that you see out in the community before I started running, I saw these, like there's, so there's this one old guy specifically that used to run around our building at work. And he was like this five, two adorable little guy. <laughs> and, but every morning and like, it would be ice raining or snowing, but he, he made time for himself. And I think that really impacted me, but um, you know, I think there's really something to be said for, that kind of self love, like that's, that's kind of, for me, what running is like, it's allowing yourself to show up for yourself. And for others, definitely yeah. for others. <laughs> yeah. Which I mean, the pellet, like right Peloton Blair, like some days I think I can just be like in the heat of everything and I'll get yes. a text from Blair. That's like, Peloton yes. run and hey, I'm like, you want to go take a class? Yeah. <laughs> I know you want to virtually run with me. <laughs> Blair's the best Peloton buddy. <laughs> she is for sure. And it, I really I, just need you guys to come with me. Otherwise I don't do it. <laughs> I need accountability my, buddy. Be my accountability buddy. Yes, I really yeah. do. Like if I make a schedule, like I already have a schedule with a friend tomorrow, like yeah. Autumn and I are probably running on Monday. Like it just makes the whole thing like, much better. <laughs> at this point, Kaylee, I think that like Blair is like the daughter between like five different relationships. And it's we're so like, true. We're on the schedule to share her. It's so true. I just want to be with everybody. Who gets Blair on Christmas this year? I don't know. Everybody. Right. If we all log in at the same time, everyone can do it. That's right. So speaking, I mean, obviously the running community is amazing in terms of creating support, creating motivation and all that stuff. I know that Anthony has plenty of things, but do you think like, what is your, I always make this joke with, so with, with coworkers, for example, of a runner is always ready to tell you about all of the things <laughs> like on a moment's notice, I could be like, let's go. And like uh, marathon training. And I cannot wait for Blair. Cannot wait Blair to get into this. Yes, you guys, it's going to be so great. <laughs> yes. Do you think I should video it every single day? Every single day. Yes. <laughs> But when I'm I mean, on the floor crying yeah. <laughs> in the I, fetal position under the bed, I think it's even important <laughs> to make the statement here, Blair, that if you want to talk to somebody about marathon training, mm -hmm. just blow us up because 
<laughs> Kaylee, maybe you can attest to this. Like through Chicago training, all I wanted, like I would come into work and I would have meetings, but I'd be like, I really just want to talk about how, how? ridiculous this is right now. <laughs> um, yeah. And so like, I know that Anthony's super great about it. I like Autumn for me is really great about it, but like, is that something that you deal with? Like you just are ready to explode about running to other people and you're just like, be interested in it. Come on, give, give me something. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I have a new coworker this year and uh, like a couple weeks, not a couple weeks, a couple days into working together, he let it slip that he runs. And I was like, oh no, <laughs> I mean, no, because I'm like, I will never get anything done because we're just going to talk about running a lot. Yeah, yeah. So absolutely, if anybody wants to talk to me about running, I mean, truly, it's all I think about. So to have people who are willing to listen to me talk about it is a gift. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, I feel like, so many of all of our conversations are just the office, parks and rec gifts, and <laughs> That's basically our entire dialogue. And new girl gifts too. Oh, uh, shame on shame on me for excluding How new rude. girl gifts. How rude oh. that you forgot. But I wanted to go back one second, Sean, because you what you said I do relate to a lot about having that time for yourself. And then also using that as time for others to flare. I, one of the things I started running just for like general fitness, I thought it would be fun to like, just add to my normal gym routine and then really quickly fell in love with it. But I just kind of hovered around like running one to three miles for like years. And I was very content to do that. I love that. But when it took a turn for becoming more frequent and becoming a bigger part of my life was when I was in grad school. I was working full-time and going to school full-time and I just needed something that wasn't yeah. school or work, right. just something. And I don't even remember like making the decision that running would be that thing. It just kind of happened. But that was, you know, I, that was a great period of my life. I loved school but it was a lot. I mean, it was a lot. And I just needed some type of outlet and some time to think about stuff that wasn't school or work. Right. And that was running for me. Right. Um, you know, and doing that allowed me to be more attentive at work and more present in school and keep my brain fresh for the things that I was doing. And, um, you know, I just, I so appreciate running for that and the community of, of runners and running for, allowing me that outlet. And that's something that I can continue on with my life now. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, it, it, it kind of like boiled to a head for me whenever running came around, like I was kind of dipping my toe in the pool of running. Like I'd be like, I'm going to run in like July to October. And then <laughs> like a Northeast. season of <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Northeast running, Northeast weather shows up and you'd be like, oh man, it's cold. I don't yeah. know. I and mean, dark. It's, yeah. it's cold and dark. Yeah. Oh. And <laughs> I know Blair, I'm going to like get you up here one December and be like, let's go. Yeah. Just nope. for, the- for some snow. <laughs> yeah. I have only ever seen snow once in my life. I saw too much snow. I saw so much snow this last winter, Blair. It's Mm -hmm. just, I'm going to. There's so much sun here. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen so much of it. I just don't know. (laughs) 
Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> I think it's really fascinating when running shows up for people yeah. in their yeah. life. Um, I mean, for me, it was genuinely like, um, I think I've talked to both of you loosely about it, but like, I had, I, it's really fascinating what your mental breakdown will do and what you won't be aware yeah. of. Like, I was going through a decade basically where I wasn't, I wasn't doing anything really for me necessarily. At least I didn't feel that way. I felt like I was uh, clay that was, you know, forming the shape of what everyone else was proposing in terms of interests and in terms of hobbies. And it's so ironic because um, I ran cross country in high school, but it, it didn't feel fun. Cross country wasn't fun for me. It was, <laughs> it was, it was the thing that my mom thought I should do to keep me busy, which I totally get now. I understand that. Um, <laughs> but I understand that. those seven fifteen summer mornings, right? It's summer, right? The yep. whole nostalgia part, yep. right? Yeah, that's why <laughs> yeah. I don't like it. The You're reminded of waking and, up. Early. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, but yeah, like I, I think it's it's so cool to know that that was kind of a stage in your life where it seemingly was your mind was like, I got to have something that's like a pillar. I need a pillar um, to kind of prop all this other stuff against um, to kind of keep trudging forward. And, yeah. And it's a, it's a constant, you know, and I think a lot of us found that discovered that when COVID happened, when the world kind of shut down, most of us still had this, yeah. And it was, I mean, I just, I remember, you know, what you just said, like lean all this other stuff against this pillar. That's what I think we all did when everything kind of shut down. We couldn't do anything. We couldn't go to work. We couldn't go out. We could, we were scared to go get groceries. Yeah. I mean, it, it got so crazy for a while there, yeah. but what we could do was run or we could get on the bike or we could go for walks you know, yeah. when we weren't allowed to do anything else and really wasn't safe to do anything else, we didn't think it was safe to do anything else. We still had running. Um, yeah. I just felt so grateful for that, but it is, it's a constant in our life where everything else is so variable. And it, that really stands out to me in that way of, of what it gives to us and what it brings to us. Yeah, I mean, thinking through all of that too, I know we've talked a lot about COVID running, but it's definitely COVID running is so hot right now, right? Like everyone's been in it. But <laughs> what do you think as a runner through COVID? So, I, I mean, I kind of think that um, everyone's was, you know, before COVID, we were all planning our next race, getting ready for our next race, or watching someone get ready for their next race. So if you were kind of in an off season, you had someone else to kind of measure your accountability against or have you show up when you really didn't want to. Um, this is a kind of broad thing probably to think about, but is there anything through COVID season of running that you think you've learned about yourself as a runner that you maybe didn't know about yourself before COVID? And Blair, you can answer this too. It seems like you. Yeah, Blair, go ahead. You answer. Um, so I think that, I think a lot of us have learned that like we can keep showing up, right? Like, so we don't have to have a specific goal to train for. Like we can, we, I think we found a reconnection with like running in COVID times. Do you know what I mean? Like 
a lot. Yes. It's great to have a race to train for. Cause there's like purpose and there's structure and, and, um, reasoning behind it. But then when we didn't have that, we reconnected, I think as a community, like I know Kaylee and I, we found other ways to train in a fun way. And that was a Sunday thing that we did for weeks. And that, that was great. Um, I just think you got back into easy runs again and you ran however far you wanted and however long you wanted and whatever path you wanted. And it kind of was a little bit more of a sense of freedom yeah. from that structure and routine. So we need both. And I think we just sometimes lose track of that, that yeah. freedom time. We were all yeah. on the hamster wheel, the hamster wheel. Which of is races. great. I mean, I I'm ready for the hamster wheel again, yeah. you know, and yeah. wheel, real, whatever. <laughs> 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 the real too. Cause yeah. You know, that sounds fun. Um, but it was a really nice like break mentally, I think too, to just kind of like give myself grace, like, okay, today is only three miles or today is only cycling and today is only yoga. Like, and it was, it was okay. Yeah. I completely agree. Yeah. Completely agree with everything you said. I was just going to say, if you, if you have anything else to add to it, Kelly, I was going to just interject that one of the positives for me out of all of this is, um, I mean, genuinely, I'm probably not having a conversation with the two of you right now without all of this. And it, it, I've had so many of those conversations of like the awkward, um, the awkward positives of such a seemingly negative time. Sure. It's really yeah. hard to parse that stuff, but, yeah. um, you know, it, the the irony for me is when I started for the run, I called it for the run because I feel like runners are always doing everything in their life for the run, right? Mm-hmm. When you when are you going to wake up? What are you going to eat? <laughs> yeah. What does your lunch look like? When does your day end? What is your significant other doing? What's the weather look like? Like, it, how much sleep are you getting? Yeah. yeah. Everything what time do you go to bed? Seemingly is just for the run. Like you're, you're to your point, Kaylee earlier, like running is your thing. Like, um, so, you know, the takeaway for me and all of this is I've definitely learned a lot about myself in running. Um, and Blair, everything you said, like to kind of fall off the hamster wheel and get back to like, I can just run easy today without consequences. Sometimes the hamster wheel feels like it comes with consequences, mm-hmm. Um, which is something I've tried to have a lot of conversations with other people about of like, once the hamster wheel turns back on, like you still have to be gracious with yourself a little bit. Right. Um, but I didn't know if you had anything else, Kaylee, from all of that. Yeah. I mean, I I think one thing for me that I learned, you know, I think without having races, a lot of us didn't have like a recovery period or like a down period. And so I was just excited to be running and having something to do and running well and feeling good. I didn't really give myself a break. Um, I, I, you know, I mentioned that Tasha was my coach at the end of April. Uh, Yeah. End of April, she was no longer able to coach me. I wasn't able to get another coach right away. So I spent most of the spring pretty much by myself looking at things online like I knew a little bit at this point to like at least get on the track and have some idea of what what to do um but I didn't really 
you know, I mentioned a little while ago, I would like do a half marathon and then chill for a little while and then do another half marathon and then chill. And I'd have some really, really low mileage months in there in a typical running year for me. And I didn't do that last year. I just kept on going because I didn't have like a recovery period. Um, You know, I think there are a lot of things that led to my injury at the end of the year, but that's one of them. I got to that moment, looked back at my Garmin totals, my (laughs) monthly totals, and I was like, oh, okay, I've been maintaining what was previously marathon training mileage for myself for the entire year. Um, most of the year. And so, you know, I think that was a big lesson for me that even if I'm feeling good, even if I'm feeling strong and I'm unstoppable and I can just keep barreling through life, (laughs) you got to say, wait a minute, like look back at my monthly mileage totals be like, okay, it's time for a little break. Even if I don't feel like I need it, because by the time I feel like I need it, it's too late. Mm -hmm. That's how it is for me. So that was a huge lesson for me. And I think, you know, for a lot of us, we just sort of went on autopilot for a while. Like our jobs changed, our lives changed, the way we interact with people, the way we communicate changed really drastically. And we just pushed on through and did everything we had to do to kind of survive in a way. And I think for me, I forgot that maybe I needed to take a little break and take some downtime. So that was a big lesson that I'm taking into my, my training now. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I just, the whole thing, like trying to find a little bit of time to be a little more gracious with everything and running, I think it's been so important, but yeah, I mean, I, I was, I was definitely in awe. You just kept like, you just like relit the fire every month toward the end of last year of just like, just keep it, keep it hot. We don't know when it's all <laughs> going to come back on. Well, there's yeah. consistency and like, I don't know, some sort of peace and routine like that, you know, like it's your one constant running, you know? So yeah, you keep with that. Maybe you can manage the rest of everything going on. Yeah. And there was that idea, like, we don't know when things are going to go back to normal. No. We don't know when races are going to be a thing. So I want to be ready when they are a thing. But I think for me, that's a big benefit of having a coach where, you know, last week for me was a down week. My mileage was, was lower and we only did easy runs. And I went into this week feeling amazing. Like Mm -hmm. that down period does so much for me. And that was just a week, you know, I'm talking about last year in terms of like a month or two months, (laughs) was probably something that I needed. Um, But it is helpful. I think, you know, when you're in it, it's hard to see it. And sometimes you need that outside perspective. Cause like you were just saying, Blair, like this consistency, that's just what we need right now. We're just, this is our routine at this moment. Right. So it's helpful to have that outside perspective sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I think a coach makes a big difference too. I agree. Yeah. It it was, it was funny. um, When I got my second vaccination shot last week, and I just had to take like Friday and Saturday and part of Sunday to recharge. Just, it's so funny. That was two and a half days of just like allowing yourself the quote unquote privilege to lay on your couch and do nothing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yep. Monday morning, my legs were like, yo, like, <laughs> let's go. Like we have had two and a half days of basically nothing. And um, I mean, my thing, obviously, both of you know, no one listening probably knows, but 
the thing that I started before COVID, ironically, was a run streak. And yes, that's right. Like, it was so odd. I started it. And then a week and a half into it, they were like, go home and don't come back. <laughs> I was like, All right. All right. Um, but I, I kind of got into the quote unquote hamster wheel on all of that of like, I wasn't giving myself a day or two days through the week to just be like, run a mile today and it's fine. Like every day was like 5k or more and it's great, right? It's great to pop your garment open and see like 40 mile weeks and be like, mm-hmm. yeah, man. But it was so, it's so ironic. Like I got done just two and a half days of rest. And my, like my, the first thing my brain said to me Monday, halfway through my run was like, yo, you, you should like focus on actual structure in your week and running. <laughs> like, like, let's just say Mondays are going to be a mile forever and like give yourself that latitude. Um, but I was, I was curious too. And for both of you, again, like <laughs> if I was thinking just the other day about what two miles used to mean to me or three miles, like when I started running and I started posting on IG. Um, so I did a goofy thing, Kaylee. I have a half marathon, a virtual and like, I think it's two weeks and I've, I mean, I've not been doing anything in relation to it. <laughs> I've been training my butt <laughs> off. Um, but like, so I'm thinking for my run tomorrow, like I'm just going to go out and hit eight miles. I'm just going to get an eight mile running. Cause for me, eight miles is like, if you can run eight, then you can probably get to 13. You can make it happen. Um, but I remember Your logic here. My yep. logic is totally, yep, sound, it's totally sound, sound. <laughs> but I can remember right around this time, the first year that I really went in on running eight miles was like explosion fireworks, like all the the best memes possible of people celebrating. Like I ran eight miles on like a Thursday and I was like, the world is on fire and I can do anything. <laughs> yeah. But what, like, I'm always trying to think there's so many people I know now who are like just a year in And the thing that I think I learned so much, even a year and a half or two into running was that that's still you getting started. Like the foundation of running is really like, it's, it's like a, it's a marathon unto itself. Like, Mm -hmm. I think there's a big, 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 like plateau of like foundational running. And I'm curious, like for people who are listening, who are one year, two year, even three year runners, like what what type of stuff do you think you think about whenever you go back to when you started running versus where you are now? Like I I just laughed out loud the other day about like I'm just gonna go bust an eight out on Sunday, <laughs> yeah. just you know because eh, you know I haven't done it it's fine and my brain instantly was like dude why are no that's a big like eight miles was a big deal so like having that gravity to be like celebrate these things even when they don't feel as monumental as they used to. Totally. I think about this all the time, all the time. And by the way, I'm in my 12th year of running right now. And I still feel like I'm in the foundational period. And that's one thing I love so much about this is like, I always say I'm a forever student of this sport. That's something you've probably heard me say before. And it's, it's the truth. I'm always learning something new always. And I, 
still just feel like I have no idea what I'm doing half the time. <laughs> and I love that about it because it never gets old. It never gets boring. I'm always learning, always growing. But what you're talking about, I think about all the time, Sean, because I remember, I mean, as I said, I ran like one to three miles for like a couple of years, a few years, I think, before I ever went further than that. I very vividly remember the first time I ran four miles and I thought, I felt the same. I was like, this is the best day ever. <laughs> I was like, I felt like I had peaked. I felt like that was probably the most I would ever run. Right. And I just thought that was so cool. I was like four miles. That's amazing. Um, and it wasn't until I kind of, you know, I ran like one to four miles for maybe another year or so. Right. Um, and it wasn't until I got it in my head that I wonder if I could train for a half marathon. I wonder if that's something I could do. I think when I actually signed up for my first half marathon, I'd run about six miles was my longest Likewise. run. Yeah. And I worked with a guy who is a very, very talented runner. And he said, if you can run six miles, you can run a half marathon. I was like, what are you talking about? That is crazy. Um, but what I learned, and this is something that I, I do like to tell newer runners because it's something that is still to this day, I find to be true when you're following a, a training plan and you've got those very slowly increasing long runs, you get to six miles and you're like, Oh my gosh, I just did six miles. And then the next week you do seven. Mm -hmm. And at that point, seven doesn't feel that different from how six felt. Right. right. And then the week after that, you get to eight. Oh my gosh, I just got to eight miles. But eight now doesn't feel that different from how seven felt last week. And then before you know it, with a, a typical like beginner half marathon plan, you're up to 10 miles. Mm -hmm. And that, that first 10 miler is like otherworldly. Yeah. But it doesn't feel that different from how nine miles felt last week. Then, of right. course, when you get to the race and you've got those last, the last 3.1 3 .1 miles to go, and it's like, <laughs> wow, right. this is uncharted territory and it feels crazy. Um, but I found the same exact thing to be true with marathon training. You know, you get to 15. 16 yeah. doesn't feel that crazy compared yeah. to 15. And that's, that's the, the point of slowly increasing. You know, so I just, I would say, if you're at that point where you're, you've been running for a little while, you feel pretty comfortable, but you want to start pushing your distance, just slowly, gradually increase because suddenly one day you're going to run 10 miles and not even realize that you got there because yeah. you've been following the plan and you've been doing it right and taking care of your body and sleeping and eating well and hydrating and doing all these things that we know we have to do. Um, but, but it's possible and you get there and it feels amazing every single week when you run a new distance PR, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I can remember. Um, I think this is so important for people to hear because when I realized it and I've talked to autumn about this a lot, because she's getting ready to gear up for marathon training with Blair, like <laughs> yeah. badass over here. Yeah. Yep. yeah. We're going to do it. It's going to be great. <laughs> Yay. I remember my first, so I went a little bit untraditional. I was supposed to follow like the traditional 16 miles is the longest you run for marathon training, but <laughs> mentally I couldn't wrap my head around that. I was like, I got to go, a tw I have to run a 20 or a 22. I, I right. have to, it, mm -hmm. I, I'm not going to feel good. Right. No, that entire marathon, my first marathon, I would have been waiting for that 16 mile number 
to then be yeah. like, now I explode into a burning ball of doom. <laughs> um, so I did a 22 and arguably it was one of the worst runs of my entire life. I got, um, there's a, there's a, a rail trail bike trail near where I grew up and it's 11 miles out and 11 miles back. So I got to 11 and my mom was there to give me some rehydration. I was dead. I was dead when I saw her, but I was also like, I can't let my mom know that I'm dead. <laughs> no, cause she's going to put you in that right. car and drive right. you back. <laughs> so I got there and I was like, put on the strong suit, man. Like we're good. But she, she handed, <laughs> she handed me one of my drinks and it was gone in like nine seconds. Cause I was like, I'm dead. But that last 11 miles back was I, my ears were popping. I didn't have enough hydration. I didn't fuel properly. But the thing that was so valuable is it, it happened. I did it. Even though right. I got to mile 21, 22, and I was like, that was the biggest shit show of running <laughs> that I could have put on possibly. But then, then what happens with your mental makeup, I think for so many of us is that your body wants to give you positive endorphin, right? Like it wants to be like, dude, come on, find good. Right. And I had a 20 mile run two weeks later on the calendar. And by two days after that awful 22 mile run, my body was like, we are going to destroy that 20 mile run, like it's on. And like, <laughs> I spent 10 days just being like, there's only one run that matters on the calendar and it's that one. And what you were talking about Kaylee of like, what can feel so different week to week to week. I went from 16 to 22 in my training plan. And that 22 was awful. And then two weeks later, I ran that 20. Like I was five pounds. Like it felt weightless. My dad was at the checkpoint. And one of the fun things for me that I take away from all this is, as you both understand, I talk forever, no. but <laughs> I, I get it. I get it from my dad and that I have this memory now forever of I got to that 10 mile turnaround and my dad was just talking to strangers I'm just here waiting for my son. He's running a marathon. Like he was just like, <laughs> that's all he had for people was, yeah, he's, he's run 10 miles and he's going to go do 10 more because he's insane. Um, but it, right. That was two weeks, two weeks of mm -hmm. the 22 mile, arguably the worst I've ever felt as a runner, as an athlete, as anything. Now it's 22 miles, but within two weeks, your body's like, yo, let's get like, we are ready to rumble. And I, I think that means so much to even not obviously not 22, 20 mile runs, but five miles, eight miles, you know, like I have so many yeah. friends that are like, I ran one and I yeah. don't know how I get to two. And you're like, you just do. Right. And yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. And that, that rule of just like a little bit at a time is just so important for us all to remember, you know, like, I think we get impatient. I know I'm terrible with waiting, but yeah. it's, it's so important for your body to be able to do this for a long period of time. If you do the seven and then the eight and then the nine, instead yeah. of getting impatient and going like, I can do a half tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I definitely, one thing I remind myself a lot of when I have one of those days where I'm like, 
I ran a marathon at this pace and I can't even run four miles at it today without feeling awful, you know, but that's, that's the magic of training. That's what the whole training block does. And I say magic because it truly is magic. I mean, you get to race day and you're ready to go. It's amazing. But when I was training for my first marathon, I got to 13 miles for the long run. And I had that moment where I was like, oh my gosh, how am I going to double that? How am I going to do that? Plus another one, you know, (laughs) that seems so crazy. But then I remembered, wait a minute. So I, at one point ran seven miles while training for a half marathon and felt the exact same way. And that was like nine half marathons ago, you know? (laughs) So you just, you put things into perspective like that. You look at where you've come from. You look at how far you've come when a mile was really hard. And then four miles was my peak. And then you just keep building over time, you know, slowly over time. And the magic really does happen. Right. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've got, I think the, the final thing uh, I sent some things over to Blair, and this one's more just because it's you, Kaylee. Yeah. Oh, I wonder if to... you can guess what we're going to ask you about. Yeah, take a guess. Things things that revolve things around Things that you Taylor. like. Oreos. <laughs> what? You like Oreos? I did not so, know that. That is a brand new piece of information. <laughs> who who would have thought? I feel I like I, I, I feel like it's almost like... Um, I'm, I'm framing it like superhero movies. Like we need the Kaylee Oreo origin story. Like, okay. Yeah. What is it? Okay. <laughs> when did it you start? Know, How did it evolve? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's so funny to me that it has become a thing, a thing. and I, and yeah. it's not like, it's not just an Instagram thing. I've been doing this for a really long time. <laughs> like before I even had the running Instagram. So I feel like whenever I started my first like personal Instagram account, I want to say was around the same time that Oreo started putting out these unique limited edition flavors. Mm -hmm. I've always loved Oreos. I mean, who doesn't? But when they started putting out these interesting flavors, I just got it in my head that I'm going to try every single one of these flavors. I don't care how (laughs) gross it looks. I don't care what I have to do to find them, but it just, it was a goal that I just wanted to do. I thought it would be fun to just do that. And so, you know, I've, I've joked recently, like I went back to my archives. That's my personal Instagram where I first, first started posting. Like I would just get the package, take a picture, write a little review. And, um, you know, when I kind of brought that over to the running Instagram and just started sharing it, like, I didn't really expect that anybody would care, but it (laughs) like so many people have jumped into it and people tell me all the time, well, I wasn't going to get Oreos at the store, but I did because of you. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Sorry Sorry about it. (laughs) Sorry, not sorry. But it just, you know, it, it made me laugh that it brought so many people just like a moment of joy, you know, for, for us to just share like, oh, here's a new flavor. It's so exciting. Then everybody goes to find it and I get it. And then they tell me, you know, if somebody gets it before I do, they tell me what they think and then I can try it. I mean, it's just, 
it's been so fun and so hilarious to me that it's still going on yeah. and Oreo's still putting out the flavors. I mean, I won't stop until they do. So no, they was... even made those Oreo donuts that you had or something. Oh right? my gosh. Yeah. The Krispy Kremes. <laughs> yes. Oh, so good. But that's, I mean, that's really it. it just, I just set a goal that I would try every flavor <laughs> and I have tried every flavor. <laughs> I, almost, I think I almost feel like Oreo has secretly like caught on that you do this <laughs> because right at, at one point it used to be like they would do like three or four of these a year and now it feels like every it feels season like there's one every month though like, no it's like yeah. Lady Gaga has one there were four <laughs> strawberry sprinkled donut there were four in January four right. new ones and right. so by the time February came, I still have a package of the gluten freeze and the Lady Gaga's that I have not opened because I was just eating Oreos in the month of January. <laughs> I also wasn't really running. So they were like, everyone fun. has a New Year's resolution to lose weight in January, but not us. We're going to help you keep yeah. those pounds on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it has been so fun. I just, I love that people have kind of joined the party with that. It's been wonderful you have like favorites like I know it's hard to like pick your favorite child but like, <laughs> I would you say are your favorites I mean I always say oh that one's top five but I definitely have way more than five top yes. five so that's unfair <laughs> sure but I will say um the cookie butter ones that came out maybe four or five years ago now were incredible I would love okay. to see those come out so they were cookie butter like the Trader Joe's cookie butter style and they had like that type of cookie as okay. well those are probably top top the dark chocolate ones which are not limited edition you can get those now those are way up there too those ones really surprised me I thought they were fantastic <laughs> um so I would say in addition to that the classic peanut butter ones are just oh, those are way up there too peanut butter you yeah. cannot <laughs> um and similarly the peanut butter pie ones are are great too i mean i i would say you can't go wrong you can go wrong there have been some i have not liked right you'll have to try them yep <laughs> that's right were you so were you doing anything with regular oreos before oreos started going crazy like I can remember, I think I was like six years old and my oldest sister put peanut butter on an Oreo and I ate one of those and the world was different. Right, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, life changing. The world was different. <laughs> Not really. I mean, I just loved them. I lo I've always loved like cookies and cream, ice cream with the big chunks of Oreos, yes. any type of Oreo flavor ice cream that has the chunks. I've just always loved Oreos. I don't think I ever really like did much aside from baking with them. I would make like Oreo cupcakes or like little oh, Oreo cheesecakes, yeah. just mm -hmm. that kind of thing for holidays and stuff. Um, but nothing too crazy. Um, but I've, I've just always been a fan, huge fan. <laughs> yeah. I, I thoroughly enjoy the days when I get to like hop on Instagram for a couple minutes. <laughs> all Kaylee's stories are just people who have found things. And <laughs> I feel like they're all in like that national treasure movie with Nick Cage and like, I love that movie. 
I love that movie so yeah. much. Yeah. <laughs> well, it is. It's so funny because it does when they first release something, it's like a slow rollout. I mean, yeah. it doesn't hit every shelf at the same time. So it, it becomes like a national scavenger hunt where people it's are like, I found him at Walmart. I yes. found him at wherever. And, yes. you know, we share Intel that way. <laughs> when the gluten-free ones came out, I was super excited. And then they did them with double stuff, which hello, the yeah. more free, the better. <laughs> And then they came out with those. So I'm still like waiting for them to put the fillings inside yeah. of the gluten-free, like, come on, it's not, how hard can it be? Right? Like, just throw me a couple, like give me dark chocolate yeah, and something with peanut butter. I'm really fine. I have not, <laughs> I've not tried the gluten-free ones yet. What do you so think? Oh, good. Okay. So <laughs> I've had to eat like gluten-free type, what do they call them? Cream sandwiches. Cause they can't say Oreo. Mm -hmm. Right. And so like the texture, <laughs> no, let's get into, no one wanted to hear about the texture of gluten-free cookies today, but <laughs> you're here for it now. Too but, late. So the texture of those are like so crumbly and like the gluten-free Oreo tastes like childhood Oreo. So that was Good. what was great. Like talking like again, full circle in our podcast today, nostalgia. <laughs> Absolutely. It was like, I, I, it was terrible. I ate a whole sleeve and I was like, sure, this is fuel for running. <laughs> you know what? I, I love that you said that because I definitely, when those came out, uh, I did get a couple messages from people saying, you know, I sent this to so-and-so and they have to eat gluten-free and they yes, started crying or, really, you yeah. know, someone found it and they had tears in their eyes because they can finally eat something that is such a treat for them that they haven't yeah. been able to. I right. mean, I just thought that was so special and so heartwarming I and mean, it was that, great it was really great and I did all the things I did as a kid to eat them with milk and it was like dunk them yeah. Yes, oh, yeah yeah, all yeah. The, you know lick the inside and then put back together. absolutely <laughs> absolutely all the different things and I have kids so of course I'm like this is how you do your Oreo and my husband's <laughs> like no 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 this is how you eat an Oreo great well I that's just wonderful and I will say I have posted this on my Instagram but in case anyone hasn't seen it they are re-releasing the s'mores Oreos this May. So <laughs> just pretty soon I call them Smorios. They had those out a few years ago and they were so good. Actually, Sean, you were the one who told me about them when they released maybe two years ago at this point. It was you did problem. send me a picture. It was a problem, but those are coming out again. They'll be out next month. They're going to be <laughs> great. You have to start race training again in May. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I think every time Oreo releases something that's like speaking to my soul i think like it's like well i'm running two more miles every day <laughs> yep. that's just what we're doing yep it is oh, have extra fuel from all the sugar and carbs yeah it'll be I great know. well blair do you have any final parting shots here any this thoughts? was so fun thanks for joining us <laughs> thank you so much i'm so I don't know if proud is the right word, but I'm just really proud that you guys are doing this. I think it's, <laughs> I think it's awesome. I think Sean, what you've done with for the run has been incredible. I don't know that people realize that you donate half of the profits to local charities and events and people in need. I just think that's amazing. And I think this podcast is an awesome idea. Thank you so much <laughs> for having me. And I really can't wait to hear more. Well, thank you. That makes me feel super happy. I, I'm not even kidding you, Kaylee. The bane of my life for the last six months has been find tank tops for Kaylee. <laughs> 
there have been. I appreciate it so much. There have been nights. So everybody who got a damn, it feels good to be around a crop top on top of coming at Kaylee with Oreos. She is, <laughs> she is like the central pillar to what that has happened there. But um, there would be nights where Autumn would be talking to you and I would just be over there like, nope, that that's not going to work. That's not going to work. Not gonna work. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm so, so thrilled that we got to talk to you. I am very, very proud of the three of us that this is kind of right in at an hour. Kudos. I know, not right? Bad. Look at us. Not we did a really bad. Good job. We can all high be five. adults. High five everybody. We can kind of be adults sometimes. It can happen. Why though? <laughs> we did just spend five minutes talking about Oreos. So maybe, yeah. See? You got to stay in touch. We're all just children in really big bodies. You especially. <laughs> Has to be done. Uh, I cannot wait. I cannot, 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 cannot wait until the day that I get to see both of you. Blair, I'm going to, so this is a podcast. No one can see what I'm about to do, but I've got this. It's ready. Oh my gosh. It's ready to go. Okay. It's so exciting, right? It's a Richmond 26.2 <laughs> sticker, everybody. And I got these made. Uh, Autumn was in the For the Run shop, which is our house the other day. <laughs> she was grabbing some other stickers and I was like, you haven't seen the new sticker that I got? And she was like, what new sticker? And she was searching and it popped out and she like almost fell over. So I am, I could not be more excited to marathon train at the same time as autumn and as you Blair like I'm so autumn and I, too. I we were even. just talking the other day about fuels and salt yeah. stick and you know gels and all these things and she's like I'm just trying to figure out how to survive this marathon train it's 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 going to be very special for us all to be training at the same time I cannot yeah. wait and legitimately that that was not a joke Blair when you feel the 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 run chat exploding from your head well, cause I won't have me, my husband will listen, but like no one yeah. else will They'll think like, well, you don't have time because you're doing so many other things. Why are you adding more to your platter? And I'll be like, cause that's a good release for me. Yep. Yeah. I'm a I much mean, better human. I promise. This is why I asked you to do this podcast player. I was like, she has nothing else to do. <laughs> He was kind of like, you know, she's so bored and I feel like she needs purpose. So <laughs> true. come on. This is awesome. Well, you guys are the awesome. best. Well, thanks. Autumn and I, it's our birthday weekend that weekend. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, is there any better way to celebrate your birthday than running a marathon? It is. I don't be... think so. Oh my God. I'll be turning 39. What a great time to start marathon training, right? 39 yep. seems like the perfect time. Switch right over into masters next year. <laughs> it's the perfect time when it's the right time, Blair. Well, you know, mm -hmm. this is what happens. So it's going to be great. Yeah. Well, thank you again, Kaylee. I cannot wait for what's going to be a very fun summer of watching. I'm doing the half in Richmond so I can come find all of you. Kaylee has already dropped the you better cheer your entire face off i hope so on, that's on the only reason i'm going to be running is to see all the people cheering <laughs> yeah yeah i will i will have the talk with you blair that i had with kaylee kaylee before houston we had that whole and for everybody listening the marathon to me and and blair this is i mean this is as real as it gets it is a party you've done the work like you've had the time on your feet when you get to that day 
literally try to take in every single face, every sign. I was at mile eight or nine in Chicago and I could have been totally crippled and terrified, but instead I was making fun of people with ice cream signs and high-fiving kids and scaring other kids because the six, eight scary human <laughs> was trouncing down the road. But it was just a party. The whole thing was just a party. And I'm so happy that, you know, Kaylee, that was something that resonated with you. Yeah, I, I, you did have a really good time in Chicago. Yeah, like, yeah, really yeah. good time. It was fun to see how much yeah. fun and joy you had that whole oh. time. Well, that's that's coming. It's coming your way. I yep. cannot wait. I cannot <laughs> wait for real. So, all right. Thank you, both of you, Kaylee. Episode one in the books. Awesome. Thank you so much, you guys. Yep. Take care. See ya. Bye.